Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.tv Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and today I'm joined with Brian. This is episode number 23. Now without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Good course on game engines? I think that's a great idea. For intermediate, like... You're talking about like how to build a game engine? Yep, from the ground up. You know, so I started building a game engine decades ago. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea because I think you learn a lot in the aspect of building it. I just have to wonder if there's a lot of reward from doing it. Now, that being said at the same time, certain games lend themselves to it. Minecraft uses its own engine. Uh, Space Engineers, I just happen to know, uses its own engine. That company makes a V-Rage engine that you can download. Um, I think certain aspects allow it because, you know, being a general engine in both Unity and Unreal, they can't serve certain niches perfectly. Same thing for, uh, I mean, there's a lot of game, different game engines out there, right? I mean... Uh, Far Cry has a crying engine that they built uh, drawing a blank on uh, what engine uh, and I'm drawing a blank on the company not Paradox uses they have their own engine for like Europa and uh, uh, Crusader Kings and a few other games as well I think but I I uh, It'd be a big undertaking to build a game engine. Not to say it couldn't be done, just a big undertaking. Or it depends on to what level you're building the game engine, right? Are you going to be building every aspect of it? Or are you also going to be leveraging a lot of outside libraries for, say, sound? Are you going to go and you're going to build your own sound handler and you know it, it's that that'd be a monster of a course to teach yeah but I still, like i said i think it'd be a great advanced course the course was like you know everything you're ready to go deep and learn how to make an engine I don't know yeah you, yeah i mean from a learning aspect of it right sounds awesome um from a student aspect wanting to be a game designer would you or a game programmer would you be better off having a course on like programming patterns and uh, just how to do better code or more efficient code that you know, beyond, would be really good because the book is a good game programming patterns yeah that'd be great to just for once, maybe not do so much like gaming stuff, but just kind of just talk about, kind of have like a class type course where it's like, we're reading this, we're doing this, we're studying this. We're right. This. I think that'd right. be good. good for yeah. Kind of falls back to that, you know, we've had the discussions in, in the forums before with the other students too, where it's like, is this like, is this class a class you're taking to learn a programming language or to learn game development, right? Because it's kind of hand-in-hand, but then kind of not, right? Like, if you use a lot of Unity, you realize that Unity is still, while it's C++, it's not 
the same that you're going to encounter if I told you to go build an application for line of business. It's going to be different. Yeah. Still some of the same mechanics, obviously, the core syntax, the language, things like that. But then, you know, we, we haven't even really touched on data access, connecting to external databases, because it's not necessarily needed for a game. But other games do. I mean, other games have their own proprietary databases or they use SQL. Uh, I think, uh, I want to say Paradox leveraged some sort of an embedded SQL database of some form for part of their game. You know, the, the, to hold all the data. You know, so I, it would be an interesting talk, but I, I think game patterns would be better. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's other, there's still a lot of great intermediate content that I think that they could address. Uh, like one of the con, what I, you know, you can't even find a lot of it on the internet if you're just curious, would be take a game like Kernel Space Program, for example. Or any. Space Program? Okay. It, Okay, you can go and download mods for it, right? Mm-hmm. How did they design that game to allow other people to generate external mods that they can drop into that game and create assets in-game without having to recompile the entire engine every time? What? You know? Sounds simple enough, mm-hmm. but you basically have... And they obviously leverage... I think they use like a Lua, a Lua script... L-U-A-L-A-U, I don't know, I pronounce it Lua. Um, they have some sort of a, a Lua interpreter that they use to read those scripts. So things like that would be great too, right? Because I think people want to be able to do the same thing. They go and they play these games online, or they just play these games in general, and they have Steam Workshop support, and they think to themselves, how do I offer Steam Workshop support? I wouldn't know where to tell them to go, you know? Hmm. So, I'm not sure why I didn't really kick in the procedural, I mean, the math for games course, but procedural content seems to be a very hot topic in the community board. They want a course on it. That would be a good course as well. Um, I, I would would say that would kind of lend us back to kind of having that screen. Um, you know, some of that could be certainly done and, and, and uh, showcase the kind of the logic behind it. Um, but certainly I think that that would be a good course content too, depending on what you're looking for procedural. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot of really good resources out there to kind of procedurally build worlds and so forth in unity i don't know about on the unreal side but i have to imagine there are probably some resources and again when you kind of i always find when you start getting into things like procedural world generation if you're getting to that level in your programming skill and you really understand everything prior to that you should be able to watch almost a video in unity and translate that to unreal because a lot of it's going to be code based it's not going to be plug this widget in here and then hit run it's going to be how do you loop and how do you iterate over data how do you introduce noise and you know that kind of stuff it might be a little language specific on certain aspects of it but both engines probably have an equip an equivalent of it i know i watched a video on 
procedural worlds and it talked about introducing Perl and noise. And I believe Unity has a built-in function for Perl and noise. Okay. I have to imagine Unreal has a built-in function for Perl and noise as well. There'd be no way. You know, exactly. So I think you you know you could watch a lot of videos and just kind of see how other people organize their code. And if you're not for your engine, you can figure it out. Hmm. I think the wish list of courses is uh, quite large. I wonder if I have the Game Dev TV's Trillo board still. I would love to see that. They used to have it. This person was asking, they finished the Unity 2D course, and I want to do the RPG course. you think I'll be able to do it, or do I need to do a Unity 3D course? I, I would say if you're very comfortable with it, you could probably do it. Um, that being said, you know, I, I think you could. If you own it already, I would say take the 3D course too. But I think you could. I think you could do the RPG course. You might get stuck on a couple concepts that are kind of touched upon that maybe are expanded upon in the uh, 3D course. Mm -hmm. But I still think you could probably do it. Go, go after the RPG. If that's what you really want to make, go for it. It's going to be a lot of learning, a lot of going back, a lot of pausing. You got this. There we go. Our game dev. No, that's our Twilo board. That's not theirs. Maya. Maya. He, uh, he bought the. He got the humble bundle and they came to 2D course and some other courses. So he's been uh, making this cool game where you jump around on platforms. It's like, looks like an astronaut in like, Mars or the moon. It's kind of cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah, keep showing them too. That's another good one, right? Keep putting your work out there. Yeah, even if it's bad. People will tell you, but not yeah. like that. You get to learn, ask them questions. Be like, why do you think it's not good? What can be better? Maybe they just don't understand it that day, or maybe it's just not good. I don't know. Who we'll knows to no. ask? And, and honestly, I don't think anyone ever expects a lot of the showcases to be these beautiful games. We're all learning it together, right? So we all expect it to be new. Same thing for the whole forum, right? The forum's friendly. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anyone really be unfriendly in the forums. And people will help you out if you get stuck. And again, as long as you kind of ask a good question. I think everybody should go to Will Cantrell Blender Post. Uh, but it looks like, not Doctor Who, but like you're living in London and you're next to a um, telephone booth. Yeah, he made something that looks really good. Really good. Nice. I saw one on the uh, the Unity show board, and I lost it. And I think it was a project that was getting pretty close to being released. The, the Unity what? On the Unity show tab thing. Heard that. I can't find it, but it was a. It actually looked really good. It was a like a three D space game or some form. It's probably 
grayed out and I can't find it now. Nelvaris, first contact, demo, 3D combat space simulator. Yeah. They did a nice job. I mean, I can't without seeing gameplay, I can't really tell you, but overall, it looks like they did a good job here. Shot you a link. They have a bunch of screenshots in a playable demo. Training training level in three missions. Hmm. Project what? I shot you the link in chat. Project White Area. Nelvaris. Oh, oh the other the one below it. Like a monster. That the, that's the Project White. Yeah, and then uh, the one below that, the. Uh, Alvaris first contact demo. Project White's been around for a while. I don't think anyone from our game dev TV community made that game. <laughs> Although I would say there are some very talented artists in that blender. There group. are so many insanely good artists on that blender. Yeah. It's insane. They better believe it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm actually really blown away by some of the stuff that people come up with and make. Because I took that course when I was uh, not that skilled. Now, to my defense, I didn't finish that course either, so maybe my skills were lacking. Yeah, right. No, that's exactly it. But I mean, even it's you know, even you look at some of those arts, like the, a lot of like the, the temple ones that I can't. I remember making the temple ones. Mm -hmm. People make a lot of really creative, little, simple polygon temples. Yeah, different, good. The Brooklyn yeah. Bridge I made was insane. It was just from a cube, basically modified. Right. Just keep deforming it until you get the what you want. Right. That's insane to me. I don't know how it happens. It's crazy. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you, you look at some of these and it's like, that's why I think Blender is a great, like, second, third course. Because you can make a lot of just really simple assets. No, maybe they're not fully skinned. You know, no, it doesn't really... They don't. I don't think delve much into, like, real, like, faces and... You know, humanoid movement and stuff, but as far as like 3D assets, there's a lot of just people have done some really good jobs on these things. What about the 2D? The 2D course? Yeah. Uh, does GIMP have a section? I'm sure it does. Hashtag GIMP. You know, I started that one, and I don't know why. I think I just got busy at work, to be honest. Because actually, I'd like to be able to do GIMP pretty well, too, just because a lot of, like, the UI assets and stuff like that. Yeah, hell, even for work, to be honest, just to be able to manipulate a graphic. Actually, some people have some pretty impressive GIMP graphics, too. Yeah. I mean, even just, like, just general, like... One. Like Cuba Ludica, where it was like a city. 
Uh -uh. No. Search final project. Search uh, final final project. Is that what they kind of said? Final challenge, maybe. Hmm. My project. What is my project? This is funny. All this time using Unity, and I only just now realized I could drag scripts and objects from one open project to another. Hashtag how cool. <laughs> I just realized that. I was like, dang, dude, that must be tough. Right? I guess I never really realized you could drag them between. I just always done it from editor. Yeah, I think it's from the same end. I think they did once. I was like, wow, I'm never going to do that again. And I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, theoretically, your namespaces and stuff change, right? So you got to make some modifications. But other than that, again, as long as you kind of have a good concept of the programming language, the modifications to make it work are pretty minor. I agree. How do you feel about the video podcast? You think it's necessary? We don't need it, or fans love it. <sighs> On the YouTube side of things, yeah. Oh, I, I say I, I think fans like it. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I would say that we've increased our viewership pretty good. Um, of course, you. Yeah. And, and, of course, I'm going to say that with a very biased opinion because I don't really uh, listen to podcasts that often myself. So, I, but I do watch YouTube videos. So, you know, that that's kind of where it falls back to. I think, you know, eventually we're going to have to throw some stuff off on screens to give the YouTube people more to stare at than us. But... That'll kind of cut into the podcast side of people. They will pull us up to explain it better to them. Yeah. Wow, did you go Blender? Yeah, I mean, there's, as I was saying, there are some great artists out there just doing some phenomenal work, and I am nowhere near their level of skill, but. You'll get there. That takes time and practice. Yeah, right? And I've spent, unfortunately, about zero time on it. But, you know, that being said, is I guess at the end of the day, the, the biggest takeaway would be, you know, really kudos to Mikey for making a course that really made those products accessible to people. Because those two products alone can be just daunting. Trying to find some good Gato stuff. I just don't know enough about Gato. Right. Yeah, Gato's hard. I wish I did. Posting about it. Yeah. This is a community podcast. We have. We have been on last week, and I think he explained it well enough. But just again, for everybody to understand, this is a community-driven, community-built, and community-run podcast for GameDev.TV for everything. It's it's to bring them on for Q and A. It's to talk about the courses. It's, it's anything they need it for. And it will be in uh, announcements for people to continue the learning journey. But um, 
yeah, if, if there's anything you want to add to the podcast, anything that you need talked about, anything you want like us to discuss, and if you want to be on it, you make sure you let us know. We can get you on. And anytime we have an upset or Rick, you're more than welcome to come on and ask him any question you want. Or leave a question or thoughts and we'll ask him.